welcome everybody back to Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. John O'Leary, it's been too long. How you doing, man? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. This is a cool setup we got here. We got the keyboard. We got you off to the right here, it looks like. I dig it. <laughs> Looking really cool. Hold on one second. All right, so John O'Leary's back with us. His session today is how to use block chords. So we appreciate everybody continuing to follow along and support these virtual sessions. We have built this wonderful archive, a growing treasure of videos, and you can listen to all of these now too on a podcast. For those of you unfamiliar, after these live sessions, all of the um, these sessions are archived. The videos are archived off of the uh, education and outreach portion of our website. It's called the studio. And you can, you can, they're organized by instrument. And there's a, even a category for general topics. You can enjoy all of these sessions later. If you enjoy listening rather than watching, we have the Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions podcast. And there's about... I think there's over 130 episodes now on the podcast, which not only include this program, but another really cool program we do called the Stop Time Series with Frank Williams, which is a history of jazz-focused uh, program. So thanks for following along. If you have questions, we can get those to John using the chat feature. And uh, John's been a regular participant in these sessions. We're so lucky to have him. Uh, there you can visit the studio and you can see all these past sessions he's done. He started off with a history of rhythm section with his colleagues in the band La Lucha. And he did an, a, a session on an approach to jazz harmony on piano, piano technique in jazz, how to develop a language for improvisation on piano, how to develop rhythmic ideas to improvise better, how to create melodic lines for improvisation, and then today's session today, how to use block chords. He's a Mexican-American jazz pianist and neuroscientist. John has a, uh, is part of the highly acclaimed trio La Lucha in the Tampa Bay area. In fact, his colleagues Alejandro Arenas and Mark Feynman are also regular participants in Clearwater Jazz Holiday Outreach programs. John has had a, a winding path. He was born in the Yucatan Peninsula where he started piano lessons at the age of three and played classical piano until the age of 12. Once he was in the United States, he picked up the tuba and he later gravitated towards piano but plays both instruments and has scored many accolades on both instruments. He attended the University of South Florida, where he studied tuba, jazz, piano, and also biochemistry. He graduated with a, in jazz piano performance. He had a minor in tuba performance, and, and, and he did his honors thesis in biochemistry. He toured Italy and France with the USF Big Band and the Jazz Tech Combo. He played in the 2007 Umbria Jazz Festival and Juan Les Pins Jazz Festival. As a member of these bands, he has played with many jazz greats, including Randy Brecker and Wycliffe Gordon. Wycliffe, by the way, was on the Jazz Master Sessions with us not too long ago, which was awesome. As a scientist, John completed his PhD in neuroscience at the University of South Florida, where he is the recipient of the Ruth L. Kirstein 
pre-doctoral fellowship from the National Institute of Neurological Disease and Stroke. He's been invited uh, an invited speaker at the Society for Neuroscience Midwestern Stress Response and American Chemical Society conferences. Please check out La Lucha's music wherever you stream your music and their latest album, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which is fantastic. And uh, Clearwater Jazz Holiday is about to launch a sort of reimagined music series experience this year, and La Lucha is part of it. I'm so excited about that. So, John, uh, welcome back to Clearwater Jazz Holiday's Young Lions Jazz Master Sessions. The, the stage is all yours. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. I love doing these things. This is great. And thank you so much for helping musicians uh, do their thing during this time. It's uh, a wonderful uh, thing that Clearwater Jazz Holiday does for the community of musicians here in the Tampa Bay area. And so, okay, so today we're doing block chords. Now, block chords is a really cool thing because... It's not something that people study a lot, like in, uh, uh, you know, most of the time you're talking about improvisation or, or your lines or what chords to play and somebody else is playing. But block chords is a way of harmonizing your melody. You're doing what you're doing, like playing a song or improvising, uh, but you're harmonizing every note that you are uh, playing in your melody. And it's a special type of harmonization that really started uh, back in the, gosh, I, I want to say like George Shearing and even in, in the earlier big band music with the saxophone section, the, the way they were voicing the saxophone section. So uh, block chords, essentially, I like to think of them as two two big groups uh you're either doing them you're or actually it's really just a chord that you're looking at and then you have your chord and let's say it's uh most of the time it's four notes although you can have more notes and you have your chord and then you can do three things to that chord let's say we have uh C six, C A G and E, and there are three ways. This is called the four-way close. Then you can drop two. We're gonna take the second note from the top, which would be the A here, and you put it a notch below. And then you can double the melody on top on the bottom and then you can drop to this one as well take the A and put it there All right and so but you don't have to have that many notes to do a, uh, a drop to or to do a block chord it can be tried point is that you have uh, chords that are going, uh, that are harmonizing the melody and, and, and they're moving in parallel, right? Um, and so 
once you have that, then you know the world is yours. You have a tremendous amount of of uh, of stuff out there that you can study for uh, for these chords. And then, what is the point of, of block chords? The point of block chords is to create nice melodies, picking up things. To give you, uh, you know, as a pianist, you're really like a painter. Your job is to create different textures and colors, and part of that is size. Sometimes we use three notes. Other times we use four notes, five notes, six notes, ten notes. Uh, but, you know, but by varying the size of your voicing, you can create different textures and different feelings. And so I find the block chord to be extremely useful for, for that, especially for coloring melody. You know, like you can have your melody just, you know, you can have it and so by that gives you so much more range of uh, emotions and color and things that you can do there. Um, so how do you structure these in a way that, uh, that we can study them? In a way that you can uh, study them and lay them out so that uh, they are, you can practice them in a consistent sort of way, in a systematic way. And so the way that I think about it is by starting with one uh, center, like let's say C. And I think of all the chord qualities. We have major seven, or we have major, we can use the sixth, or the major seven. We have, uh, usually the sixth is the one that's more used because it's, out, and I'll explain that in a second. We have minor, minor six, half diminished, also dominant, um, and fully diminished. And then I practice all of those that way, and then go to the next key. Major, dominant, minor, half diminished, and fully diminished. Okay, so let's say we, uh, so the bebop guys, especially Barry Harris, uh, coined this way of doing block chords where instead of playing scales through seven notes, you would add an extra note 
and that would allow you to create passing cords in between your chord tones. So let's say we did C6, right? We would do C6 here, like that. If we do eight notes, let's say we did A flat, we could do a diminished chord in between our, our chord. If we have a C chord, then we have our diminished chord, F, A flat, B, D, then our, another, an inversion of the C chord, inversion of the diminished, inversion of C chord, inversion of diminished, inversion of C chord, inversion of diminished, and inversion of the C chord. Again. And you can play them. I'm just doing it this way, like chopsticks, so you can see the notes and my hands don't cover it up. But you know, in practice, I would might play like this. You know, and so then I laid out four ways of doing these. So the four ways would be like four-way close. Uh, George Shearing style. What's cool about the George Shearing style is that it has you have this hand with only one, you have your left hand with only one note, so you can do like. More kind of decorative things on the left hand that you can't do on your right hand because it's this here, and you can do it vice versa. If you want to have a melody and have the melody come out nice and bright on the right hand, you can play this hand soft, and this hand nice and loud. Right? Where if I, if I play it the other way, it's harder for me to have a super strong pinky and the other four fingers soft. You know, depending on how, what your aim is and what you're trying to do also depends on what fingering you use to play it. Okay, so we did the four-way close. Now let's do the, the George Shearing four-way close with the melody, with the melody doubled at the bottom. Now let's do the drop, the four-way close drop two. We take the A and we put it down here an octave. Right, so then now let's do the George Shearing 
Voltron 2. By doing it in a scale, uh, with a scale, that gives you the ability to, to practice it systematically and to, uh, it's not necessarily music, nobody wants to hear you play your scales, but when you have scale patterns in the song, it'll come out super easy. because you just have it under your hand, it'll be easier to, to, um, to perform. You don't want to be thinking about it. too many notes to really be thinking about it. Okay, so then that was for the major six. For the major seven, because these two would have the same note in common, uh, you would have the B here in common. They don't really... It doesn't work for this thing. Um, you will need a different uh, passing chord that didn't have these notes in common. So one that might work is the two chord. So you can do your major seven, then a two chord, major seven. There's one note in common, but that's not too bad. And that's about as far. Here, you would land on your octave, but not on a major seven chord, but on a two chord, which is fine. It's still a way to create a melody using alternating chords that move in parallel. So like. It's still a really nice sound, and George Shearing used that a lot to do that major seven. Sorry. Um, and so that's a good thing to practice, although it's not the same as the eight-note scales. Uh, okay, so then, so that's major six and major seven. Now let's go with dominant seven. It's at a flat there. Okay, so again, you would start with the four-way close. You know, C7 would be C, B flat, G, and A. We'll do C on top. And the same passing chord, that diminished chord, um, is B, S, A flat, B. is the same diminished chord that you use for all of these for C. Anything that's based on C, the, your D is your diminished chord um, most of the time. So uh, C dominant, we have C, B flat, G, and E. And so then what we want to do is put that uh, diminished chord in between that. So we'll go. And again, every time you're moving one step, you're just taking an inversion of the previous chord. So it would be like a C7, diminished, 7, diminished, 7, diminished, 
seven diminished seven. Okay? So. And then we would do that uh, drop two. Take the B flat and put it an octave below. Excellent. So then we would do the George shearing, adding the melody note in the bottom. I went to the sixth chord. Excellent. So then the next would be to do the George shearing drop two again. Take the B flat and drop it an octave. As you can see, I need to practice these too. <laughs> uh, knowing what to do is not the same as doing it immediately. So that's why we practice, so that we don't have to think about it and they just come out. And the, the major six are much easier for me because I practice that a bunch and I use it a bunch. I, I don't necessarily like this dominant sound. But uh, it's good for when you're, you know, playing and just making a lot of decisions in the moment, you, uh, you just need to have stuff ready to go. You can't be thinking of, of things. And so sometimes if you're playing a, a dominant chord and you're trying to create a nice smooth line in the dominant chord, you just have that ready to go. and. Um, Although it's not, this is not my favorite sound. Um, okay, so now we go to the minor. We have C minor, which is C, B flat, G, and E flat. We'll do the four-way close, followed by the same uh, diminished F, A flat, B natural, and D and then all the inversions of both. Ready? Okay, so now we'll do drop two of that. Take that B flat, put it in the bottom. And then we can do the George Shearing, taking the same melody 
and putting it in the bottom as well. Excellent. And then take the George shearing and then drop that to the drop two. Taking this B flat, the second note from the top, and putting it a month below. Now, right now, I'm playing it without a pedal. You can also add the pedal and, and pedal between each chord to give you a sustained sound. So that can also help if you're going for like a ballad approach and you want to create a nice smooth sound rather than if you're doing like a swinger that might be just fine right and so um but if you're doing uh, a ballad, you don't want to be playing short pedals. So you can easily smooth it out with the pedal. Excellent. Okay, so that was the minor six, and then we did the George Shearing, and we did the George Shearing drop two. I think we did. And so then that's the minor seven. So then now we switch to the minor six. So this may seem like a lot of uh, too systematic and a little um, kind of dry, but for practicing, you want practicing to be dry and ready to go. You don't want to be like the, having your practice depending on how you feel and all that. You just want to sit down and know exactly what you got to do. And if you can't do it quickly, you got to keep doing it until you can do it quicker. And then uh, once you can have the scales nice and, and smooth going up and down. And of course, you want to do this in all 12 keys. Um, I certainly have my work cut out for me. And... Um, it just makes it so that when you come to practice, you're coming to work. You know, if you want to sound good, practice is not the place to go to sound good. You want to practice the things you're not good at and go in there and just run it up and down. Okay, so then, um, or practice it until you can run it up and down. And then you move on to the next thing. Okay, so then we are, we did minor six, let's do minor seven, let's do minor six. To minor six, you have your minor, C, E flat, G, but we're going to add the six here with the A. So again, the scale is from here to here, 
So we have the melody on top, so E flat, E flat, G, A, C. We have the same diminished chord, um, F, A flat, B natural, and D, and inversions of that in between, so the same way. So the four-way close would be So now let's do the, the four-way close to the drop two. Take the A, put it an octave below here. Okay, and now we can do the uh, uh, George Shearing which is doubling the melody, top and bottom. All right. And, um, and then we can do drop two, George Sheeran. Take this A here and put it down here. Do that again. That's cool. That kind of gives you like a James Bond kind of sound. I kind of like those. Those are cool to play in minor terms. Okay, um, minor six. So now we have half diminished. Half diminished. C, E flat. C, E flat. G flat. And B flat. Okay, we're going to start with the C here. And we're doing the same. We're doing the same. Um, Diminished chord in between. Now, what's neat about the C diminished? You don't normally you don't see this like in books about draw about uh, about uh, block chords. You don't see the diminished talked about. But sometimes you have songs that have like several bars of diminished, and I think it's a nice sound to have that. I don't think, uh, you know, it, it's, 
for me, it's totally fine. But it's also the same as E flat minor six. Here's your E flat triad. And here's your E flat six. E flat six is the same note as, it's the same chord as your C dim, uh, half diminished. So if you, and so uh, if you practice all of these in 12 keys, a lot of these will start seeming redundant. And the more you practice all of these, by the time you get to the diminished, half diminished, you're gonna be like, oh, this is, oh, this is just E flat. I can already do this, you know? Um, and so that's, that's very neat. The next thing is to take E flat, uh, uh, C I mean, C uh, half diminished, and do the drop too. Take E flat here, put it down an octave. And then the next uh, thing is to do George Shearing with these. Okay, and then take the George Shearing and drop two on that one. So you're here, and you're gonna take this B flat and put it down an octave. I like to put three notes on my right hand and two notes here, so I'll do something like, like that. As you can tell, we're starting, when you have these notes here down low, they start to get a little muddy. So there is definitely a range where these are most effective. You know, up here, they get, they get kind of lost. The thickness of it gets kind of lost and, you know, it is not as effective. Down here, it's too muddy. You can't tell what the heck I'm playing. So that's also not useful. So then you want to throw it here in the middle of the keyboard. It's where it's most helpful to do. So think about range when you're playing and practicing this. Okay, so then that was half diminished, then fully diminished. Fully diminished is also one that, you, that doesn't get talked about a whole bunch. 
Uh, but what's interesting about a diminished chord, that the diminished scale is already eight notes. So you don't have to add anything. You already have eight notes and you already have two diminished scales inside the, the diminished scale. So for C, for C diminished, the scale would be the whole half. So we C, D, E flat, F, F sharp, A flat, A natural, B, C. And so uh, the diminished chords are your root chord, C, E flat, F sharp, A, which is your C diminished, and then the same diminished chord that we're playing in between all the other ones. Your D, or it's really a G7 flat 9 if you think about it. But it's D, F, D, F, A flat, B natural. And I think it's a super cool sound. I don't hear lots of cats playing it like this. So I think it's a, a good opportunity to create a different sound. That's cool. So then we would take that forward close and drop to it. What did I miss? Hey. It starts to get a little heady there. <laughs> oh, this is why we practice again. Okay, so then uh, George Shearing style. Take the top note and play it in the bottom. And then George Shearing, drop two. Take the A and drop it down an octave. So you don't play it here, you play it there instead. Um, excellent. So those are all the chord qualities. And when you see, when you're learning tunes, uh, you can totally use their melodies, especially scale pattern, melodies up or down, um, and use these, or you can be creative, you know? Imagine that you're writing a sax soli and you're going to put four notes uh, and, and you can pick any four notes. So that's another thing. So these are like the, the ones I just covered are like, the traditional block chord method for creating uh, chord solos and chord uh, harmonizations of your melody. But honestly, any four notes can be used to make uh, a chord with something modern. Uh, the modern uh, thing is something like... Um, 
this is like a hyper modern chord that all the hot young jazz arrangers are always using this. <laughs> So G, A, D, N. So it's really about the intervals. You have a second, a fourth, and a major third. And then from there, you can use it like as a minor chord, and then as a dominant chord here. G using your flat nine and sharp eleven. Um, so that's kind of a neat shape, and it's really more about shapes than it is about chord qualities here. But you can take anything and and use it as a substitution or um, move it in parallel. I'm moving it uh, in whole tones. Okay, uh, so then uh, you can take any shape and put it in there and use it as a block chord, just as a way to harmonize your melody. It doesn't have to be one of the standard chords that we just went over. It could be anything. And so, uh, and then there's, you know, for dominant chords, we went with the super vanilla the, the rockabilly. Kind of like super vanilla, but man, there's so many colors in, in dominant chords. I mean, so many colors in dominant chords that we can use. And we can totally block chords those and use them. And I was using them earlier. One of my favorites is to use diminished stuff in, uh, in dominant chords. For example, um, let's say we have this C, C6 chord here. I think you can get to see it here. And then I wanted to add a flat nine to that and double the melody. So like a George Shearing with a flat nine. So this would actually have one, two, three, four, five, six. So five note chord instead of a four note chord. So imagine that we're coming from G minor seven to C seven flat nine. It doesn't have a seventh in there, but you can always add it with, you know, if you want to add it. Or you don't have to add it. I think it sounds really cool to just have it that way. And you can do it for others. Um, for other, I'll show you. The system of, uh, of using the diminished chord for dominant chords is that you, you have four tonal centers and a diminished chord. You have one, two, three, four. This scale gives me four tonal centers, C, E-flat, F-sharp, and A. So then I can use this chord on all four of them. C, E-flat, F-sharp, A. And then same here, I can take C and put 
put this chord in C, E flat, F sharp, and then uh, A. So that gives you a really kind of a nice way to color thing. Um, for example, we were talking about, I was playing Misty earlier. I started with this chord right here. So now we're getting into the music thing and not so much the rote way of practicing it. So let's say we're playing Misty. I, you know, Misty starts with an F minor, and in the key of E flat starts with the two minor chord. And the melody is here, is the fourth, but it's the fourth of this chord. And there's, there's no real way of playing an F minor chord and a block chord kind of style that includes an A, a B flat. So I ha unless I played the passing tone first. And that, that doesn't sound that good, to be honest with you. So then I like to use some, you know, whatever made up long chord. I like this. It gives me my third, my minor third, and my minor seven of the F minor chord. It gives me my melody. And it gives me a fifth there. The fifth is really not necessarily it's just filler, uh, but then it sounds nice, like a nice F minor. And then I can George Shearing that. I love that you can now use that as a verb to George Shearing a chord. <laughs> That's my own personal uh, interpretation. So you can George Shearing it, and then then your next melody is a G on a B flat. Again, if we use the standard, uh, if we use the standard, then we don't have uh, a B flat, a chord with a, a B flat seven chord with a G in there that we can use as a block chord. So what do I do? I like to use this diminished thing uh, because I'm in, in, I can use B flat uh, six or G, G, G six, uh, and this B flat here, or you can use it with the A flat here. So uh, do the G stick flat nine. So you have options. You know, there's you can pick any of the notes of the diminished chord, and it'll sound cool. Uh, but I do another George Shearing chord here. So then. that here is uh, a diminished major seven and then I George hearing that so the diminished major seven is basically like a major but the two middle notes are flatted you have F sharp and A and D instead of G B flat and D 
So if you use this chord, you're kind of delaying the resolution. So I love to use these like alternate chords that don't really fit into any like traditional uh, block chord kind of practice, like scalar part way. So then, first of all, for that, for example, Misty, it would sound like this. Right, so that's super interesting, rather than, which is okay, you know, it's the way it's originally written. Um, but you can thicken it up if you're playing the melody, you know, and make it, if that's what you're going for artistically. Um, okay, so then, so the rest of the melody can be played more traditionally. This is one of the coolest things of drop two that I never realized what drop two really, why would you take, why would you do that? I understand that it's a different sound. You know, it's cool. And it gives you a little bit more range. Instead of being closed here, you're a little bit more open. But for me, it wasn't enough. As a pianist, what the drop two allows you to do is it allows you to play in harmony with the two hands. You can harmonize what you're doing in your right hand, put a little harmony line in the left hand. So it's, it's essentially, you're taking this, you're a third here, and you're dropping this third here, so now you're a tenth apart. you to do all your scale things but with drop with chords in between all of that so now you're just a tenth apart which is for a pianist natural and never realized how could I use that so like you have F minor maybe you're going something like that and if I'm in tense Drop two here. And so it just gives you that uh, way to like, so and, and Misty, you go. that A flat minor six or a D flat uh, seven or you know and I have this chord and I take take these top four notes which is B natural E flat G and B flat and I take this G and I put it an octave down 
so it just gives you that ability to harmonize and add another layer of of, of musical musicness in your so for me drop two at first was like ah oh, why am i practicing this but then realizing how you can use that also joe pass uh joe pass like to use the drop chords to to accompany you ever listen to joe and ella beautiful beautiful uh duo record of ella fitzgerald with joe pass and joe was the master of drop twos he used them all over the place um so for like a d minor seven to a G7, you might do something like. Right? So you have D minor here, D, F, A, C, and you can use all the, all the different um, uh, chord tones of D minor, starting with the 11th. And it looks like an A minor seventh chord, but we're really just playing the upper structure of the D minor seven. And then you take this E and you drop it here. Again, you're in, you're in harmony here. It's so pretty, these tens. What your your melody notes in your right and left hand are essentially doing is this. Ah. It's already like an intro for a song. You ever have to set up a singer and you're like, I don't know what to do. There you go. she's ready to come in or he is ready to come in right there um so drop twos are a super we could do a whole thing just in drop twos they're super uh useful and i really like to to practice that kind of two-handed as a jazz pianist our our left hand is usually relegated to the claw and so you're just like and so then our left hand just becomes a uh, a scary version of itself and for halloween that might be cool but for real life piano playing you want your left hand to be just as good as your right hand. I'm left-handed too. So not only do I have a claw left hand, I also have a loud claw. So that's even worse than having a claw. And so I'll be a hit uh, this October. Uh, but you know, you really wanna practice being able to move your, your left hand as much as you do your right hand. You don't want it to be like it's like a monster. <laughs> so, um, drop two is really helpful for, for creating uh, chordal things and also harmony that it sounds, uh, you know, you can stop the drop two. Uh, 
and then go back to it. You know, so you can like. You don't have to stay with all chords. You can you can uh, stop. So one thing that I didn't mention is that you can also do uh, like the seven regular seven note scale and use it diatonically without having to do uh, diminished chords in between. So just C major six, D minor. Just kind of whatever you do here, you don't move it. You just kind of stay here. I guess it would be a D minor six. And this looks like a, like a C major seven, D minor seven, E minor seven, F major seven, G seven, and A and uh, C six. And that can work too. And you know, totally, that is super useful. Like, and so there you go, right? And so, uh, you know, you could do that with your diminished. But you would have to, you would have your C diminished. C, you can't do a diminish there, because then diminish would land here, so you would have to double up on the C. And that's okay, I mean, it doesn't bother me too. you're just using both approaches uh, the the diatonic playing of the scales versus the uh, eight note Barry Harris thing that I worked out from the beginning um, and so and also you know playing drop two is not exclusive you go back and forth between drop two between drop two and four-way close, or drop two and George Sheeran, without the drop two. So you can go back and forth. You don't just stick to one and practice. You'll just, you're just going with whatever sound you're going for, you know? And as you practice these, you start to develop a feel for how you want, you know, your song to sound. So uh, a short summary, we have the Barry Harris eight-note scale that uh, we add a diminished chord in between our chords. We have C6, C, uh, C6, C7, C minor 7, C minor 6, C half diminished, and C fully diminished. And all of that, all of those have this uh, Diminished chord, chord in between. 
You know, it's, I was talking to Dick Hyman about these one day, and he told me that you can substitute at any point to create the sound you're going for. So, you don't, you know, let's say you have uh, here. He said, well, I may play uh, a major seven and then diminish and then major six. I don't have to stick with the major six the whole time. I may play a minor four chord instead of diminish. Instead of diminish, I would do, he would do the minor four chord, which in the key of C would be F minor six. So then you would go C, F minor six, C, F minor six, C, F minor six, C. And only at the end do you need to use your diminished because there's no B natural in the F minor chord. The F minor six actually sounds really nice. I like that. Uh, so that is a cool. So then, you know, once you just start substituting, you have this note, and then this note, and then this note, and what chords you want to put underneath it. You can go here. Even there, you can delay resolution by playing a different, rather than your C chord, you play. Right? So then, honestly, it's, the scales are just a way to get you started. But once you're there, you can add any chord you want, and you can draw cheering it, or you can drop to it, uh, or just play the four notes there it doesn't have to be a successive thing where everything lines up pretty it just has to sound good and you have to like it and it has to be what you're going for you know as an artist um so another thing um uh, what was i going to say i just lost it i just had a senior moment <laughs> um uh <laughs> um kids don't let you sleep man uh what was i going to say uh yeah uh just i forgot oh well we'll have to do it another time uh, but yeah so basically practice the scales practice the different chordal approaches um and then you have the unique ones that don't fit into the scale that we talked about like the half um uh, the diminished major seven Instead of a diminished seven, you can have diminished major seven. You have your dominant uh, alteration. Uh, we talked a little bit about like the flat nine, sharp 11 with the 13. 
And we talked about the sixth chord with the flat nine. Uh, we can also do your, this is like your, in G7, this would be your flat 13 and your sharp nine. It's four notes, right? So then you can uh, double the top. So that's kind of cool to go between the different chords. You're going between flat nine, sharp, um, diminished, 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 flat nine, uh, sharp nine. Uh, so these are all, you know, you have lots of lots and lots of options to explore. Um, and um, yes, that's it. Practice a bunch. Uh, take all these different ideas and move them up and down. And, and most importantly, uh, make music. Practice your scales and do that and sit to practice. But then part of your practice routine also needs to be uh, practicing music. So take the repertoire and say, how can we add this idea into a song? Like, let's say, polka dot and moonbeam. Moon, moon you go here. So, for example, uh, it's just something that popped in my head. And so it has a, a, a melody that is linear. Okay. Uh, so that's it, guys. Thank you so much. I hope this is helpful. And as per usual, you can always email me or find me on Facebook uh, or Instagram or wherever. And I would love to help with any of your progression and your studies in jazz music. John, that was awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate you so much for having me. You know, so cool. Uh, you always do such a comprehensive um, masterclass session. This is just another great one to add to the archive. I want to remind everybody there's just so many wonderful musicians and educators participating in these sessions. Everyone from Jeff Rupert to Pear Danielson, Brandon Robertson, um, uh, Michelle Mayo, 
Uh, the list goes on and on. Um, we've got some wonderful upcoming sessions, um, including a two-part series from Dan Miller. We've got another two-part series coming up from Scotty Barnhart. It's going to be just fantastic. And um, there's just there's just a lot of wonderful information there for uh, everyone to take advantage of, really students of all ages. And what's cool, John, is we've begun to um, get the word out outside of the Tampa Bay area to band programs um, in, in other areas of the state and beyond, even outside of the state. And we're beginning to have these affiliates that are encouraging their students. They're either working these sessions into their curriculum or encouraging their students to otherwise participate with the archive or the podcast. And um, our newest affiliate is the Osceola County School of the Arts with director Stephen Grindel, which is really exciting. The great program that has participated in the past, but um, uh, a lot of the great Pinellas County band programs are also affiliates like Tarpon Springs High School, um, Seminole High School, and others. So you're you're um, a grow a part of this growing treasure, John, and we can't we can't thank you enough. And thank you so much for supporting musicians in Tampa Bay area and beyond during this time. This is uh, a wonderful idea and way to keep moving things forward. So really appreciate you and the and the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation for all you guys do for our community. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to to the sponsors of the studio resource and the podcast. That's Blue Water Wealth Management at Steward Partners, who sponsors the uh, studio. And our friends at Marine Max Clearwater, sponsoring the Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions podcast. On behalf of the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation, all of our sponsors and supporters, our High Note Society members, and everybody in between, thank you all for participating today and watching in the future or listening in the future. Thank you, John O'Leary. And uh, stay safe, everybody out there. Be well, keep playing, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. This podcast series is presented by our friends at Marine Max Clearwater. To watch the video of this full session, please visit the education and outreach page at clearwaterjazz.com and click on the studio. You can also learn more about the annual Clearwater Jazz Holiday Music Festival tradition and Clearwater Jazz Holiday's year-round education and outreach at clearwaterjazz.com.